We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to this, the first episode of Beyond the Game. I am Kendall Gammon, uh, along with my co-host, Lamont Winston. Uh, Lamont, first and foremost, appreciate you joining me. Oh, Kendall, it is fantastic to reconnect and be on the show. And uh, I'm honored, obviously, to be uh, co-host with you uh, on uh, the Kansas City Sports Network. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. I'm a 15-year NFL veteran. I was with the Steelers, with the Saints, then my last seven with the Chiefs. That's where I met you in the player program side of things, player development. And as it is, and you can see it down below, the untold stories and off-the-field support systems uh, for player success. And this isn't just NFL. It'll focus on that a lot, obviously. Uh, but at, at any level and um, how important it is, I mean, I see this show as what goes on outside of the lines and what goes on other than those 60 minutes on the field, because there's so much more that I think people don't always get to hear about. And um, and I know you're very humble about the fact, but you are literally the, the godfather of player development in the NFL. You implemented the programs. You had an award named after you, you yourself and Donnie Shell, who we're going to have on the show here later on, a pro football hall of famer from the Pittsburgh Steelers. But just talk a little bit, uh, give the viewers um, a, a little look into your life. Well, you know, you know, Kendall, when I came to the Chiefs, I, I came to the Chiefs in 93, 1993, and I came as a, uh, from a coaching background I was at the mm-hmm. University of Nevada in San Francisco State. And so when I came to the, um, the Chiefs in player personnel as a scout, um, you know, I was you know, doing that, doing this, the, the Midwest schools. And then, um, you know, one of our executives on the business side came to me one day and said, hey, you know, Lamont, would you mind looking at this tape, this VHS tape, mind you? How are you? Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So if you don't want to look at this VHS tape, he said, you know, if it takes more than 12 minutes, 12% of your time, it's not worth doing. Took a look at it. And I went to my boss at the time, Lynn Stiles, and, and showed him this. And, and he was like, okay, this is interesting. Uh, and so uh, I was sent down to a seminar in Dallas and uh, was looking at this thing and I was just blown away. Like the league was offering all these different services and nobody knew about it. And so it was, it started out on a, on a brochure and, and Lynn happened to come down for the last day and he listened and he said, you know what? We got back to Kansas city. He said, you know what? I don't know much about it, but I know this, uh, you're going to run it and we're going to support it. And, you know, his background with the 49ers, Bill Walsh was very innovative. And so Bill had a lot of programming for the 49er players. So Lynn kind of had a good feel for it. Uh, and we came back and, and, you know, started looking at putting it together 
Uh, I, I must say, if, if it weren't for Carl Peterson uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and really Marty Schottenheimer, uh, because as a coach, you, in order to do any of this stuff, you need the coaches buy-in. And it's got to be yeah. important to him. And I think Marty really understood, uh, and, and you know, having been a former player, of the importance of player services. And, and, and so, um, you know, we this thing kind of started. It was a brochure. The league rolled it out. And it, it'd be honest with you, they had anybody. <laughs> they yeah. had the grounds crew. They had, you know, people from the dining hall. I mean, you know, that was yeah. going to be involved with the players. And it was like, no, we're not going to do it this way. And so um, after, you know, getting buy-in from Marty, I think the biggest part for me was the locker room, right? Yeah. Going in there, we're talking to the vet, veteran players. And, and, and it worked. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, what we did was uh, uh, the more I stayed in scouting, did that, this thing kind of grew. Um, we just really took the Chiefs. We, we, we You know, the league right. was kind of, you know, do, do do your own thing. And we just took it very seriously. And um, uh, Lamar was fantastic. He and Norma. And so we, uh, we, we, we really tried to put together a robust program as we were doing this thing for, right. for our players outside of stripes yeah it, it's 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 amazing to me I, I think i think i think all the people outside the game they do understand that the guys playing the game are, are human but sometimes it gets lost a little bit and, and the fact is if the guy's life uh or the player's life isn't in order in his personal life and his friends and family then when he does get on the field he's going to have a harder time performing so some people would say it's self-serving but but it's basically being human and trying to help people really be the best they can be. Is that a fair statement? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it, again, we, you know, no, nobody fills the stadium to see the players with they don't have jerseys and helmets on. Right. So, so at the end of the day, you know, that's three hours out of a player's life that, that they go and perform, but then there's all these other hours and, 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 and they have lives, they have families, they have circumstances. They come from situations. They, they uh, live through situations. These things happen. Yeah. And what was happening mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, we we have we we decided to slow it down and, and really listen to our players, and we had enough experience to see what what you experienced just as a human being. And I think if if, if people did that, they would see that the money, uh, the fame, all the things that, that that people see, the exposure, doesn't make circumstances go away. It, right. It, you know, life doesn't discriminate because you play professional football or basketball, or whether you're a doctor, a surgeon, yeah. or a lawyer. So, so things happen, and I think, you know, our guys are in a, a multi-billion dollar business, and it's high performance. It doesn't wait for anybody. And so the players have learned, and coaches too now, uh, they've yeah. learned to, you know, they come to work, they just, whatever's going on, they just block it out, right, and try to go to work. Now, you do that long enough, something's yeah. got to give. Mm-hmm. And there you have some of the things that we've seen in sports with athletes, uh, and coaches um, yeah. uh, and executives of mine, but, uh, sports executives, uh, to be honest with you, you see that begin to transpire. And yeah. um, it's got to go somewhere. If it's not if it's not worked through, you know, and we just decided that the way to approach this was from an educational standpoint. Mm-hmm. We're going to educate our players. We're going to, you know, there's, there's certain ways you educate rookies. There's certain way you educate veterans. And, and, and we decided to put that together and, and it was well received. I mean, well, I've, Kendall, you know, what do you do when, I mean, a guy know that his child is very sick. He's got to come yes. to work. <clears throat> Let's just say in Kansas City, it's Raider week. Well, nobody's missing work. 
right? Yeah. You are focused on the Raiders. And so, but you know, you have to leave your home. You have to leave your wife uh, or a partner or whatever it is and, and try to take care of a sick child. And then you turn around and have to get on the airplane and go to Oakland. Yeah. Well, at that point. So, yeah. So it's, 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 it, 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 there's, there's so many different layers uh, to, to this. And I hope this show will be able to shed some light on um, uh, what's being offered in the NFL. And it's been done for years, but also, you know, what, what's now transpired at the collegiate level as well. Yeah, it's, I mean, and, and we're going to go all over the place, not on today, not only on today's show, but as we get on into the future, you brought something up that was really a, a, a touching point for me because you talked about, you know, you have family things going on. Both my kids had surgery at birth and were in ICU for, for two weeks, literally. And, and I tell this when I speak is literally two times in my life, somebody brought a phone out onto the field, a cell phone out onto the field and said, Kendall, you've got a call. Now, uh, some people might think, okay, you just got a call, but I know you know that you don't get calls on the field in an NFL <laughs> practice. It does yeah. not happen. And, and when it does, it's not good. And in both <clears throat> situations, I had my wife uh, telling me that our boys, you know, that were just born needed surgery for one reason or other, rather crying at a time and putting the surgeon on the phone. And I can remember <clears throat> with the Saints going to a game, snapping, doing what I do, and knowing that I'm going to the hospital after the game to sit by the bedside of my seven-day-old uh, kid who has tubes coming out of his head and everything because he's been in surgeries. That is no more important than anybody else in the lay world and what they're doing. But when you're doing something that's so very specialized and, and pressure-filled beforehand, I mean, it's tough. You have to learn to compartmentalize, but at a certain point, it can really take you down. And that's even a tame one for, I think, what guys often uh, deal with in, in the NFL. I mean, we'll, we're, we're going to tell some stories on here at times. Probably can't use names oftentimes because it just yeah. it, it, it's not legal and it's it's not ethical. <clears throat> we can talk about some things that are going on and, and, and how we handled them. I'm curious. I want, I want to give the listeners a little bit more about you. And I wrote it down because I, I don't want to get it wrong. But uh, you were credited uh you were you created, developed, and implemented the National Football League programs uh, for life skills, and then transitioned into a second career. And um, you were the founding member of the NFL Player Development Steering Committee. Uh, you established the first job placement committee program in the NFL, designed to provide off-season jobs uh, for Chiefs players and career placement for spouses. All these things. <clears throat> I mean, there's so much to go into, but. All these things were to help the player after the game. I and mean, you, you've said it before that you remember me saying, you know, the minute I got into the game, I was looking for a way out. Not because I wanted to get out, because I knew I was going to be kicked out at some point in time. And at that point in time, I was going to have to transition into a career. I played 15 years. So when I got into the workforce, I was 15 years behind. And, you know, when you leave the NFL – I mean, it, it's it, it's no joke. The doors often close that used to be open. Yeah, you know, Kendall, I often I've, and I've and I've said this to rookie rookies for years and shared it with the veterans. Like, like there's no HR on the player side, you know, of in, in the NFL. You know, you you get terminated, you know, on the business side. Okay, yeah. you go through processes, you go through steps. When you get uh, terminated on the football side. Um, it could happen while you're at work, in the middle of a mm -hmm. meeting, 
It could happen on the practice field. It could happen once you yeah. get off. And you know what? Sometimes you never get a chance to go back to the stadium. You just they, – they gather your stuff. You pick it up at the front desk if you need. Um, and so there's no real process uh, right. in, in terms of – except it's very cut and dry. Um, and, you know, in, in, in some teams, you know, we've we, – we've, at the Chiefs, we realize that, you know, it's – if you come in celebrated, you should go out celebrated regardless of, you know, whether mm-hmm. you're terminated or not. I mean, that's part of our business. But you never right. know when you're going to come back across that bridge, right? And people remember right. how you treat them. You know, they may not, they may not remember, you know, everything that you do. I mean, you say, yeah. but, but they'll remember how you treated them. And so um, uh, I know that, you know, players uh, have come to they, – they have – there's so many. I mean, I've had guys that come to me as, like in shock. Well, what's wrong? Yeah. I know so, – okay, so-and-so just passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I gotta go. Well, it's not, but you can't. It's not that easy. It's, so let's walk through yeah. the process, mm-hmm. right? And 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 so you know, guy. Because when you do that for one, as you know, the locker room, Kendall, everybody's looking. Everybody, yeah. everybody knows what's kind of going on, and so they're watching how you handle it, how the organization yep. is handling. It. Uh, and, and that what that does is it kind of lets them know, like, okay, if something happens to me. Do I trust the process? Right. And you like that. If you've seen it happen to your teammates and it was a positive deal to a challenging circumstance, you say, okay, mm-hmm. that, 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 that's a level of trust. And so uh, I know with the women's program, uh, uh, Pat Scheidenheimer, Mar- Marty's wife, Pat was the one that really got me to really understand about, you know, uh, the women in professional football. In professional yeah. sports, and 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 what they deal with, and what their feelings are, and what they see, and and she used to always say, you know, she told Marty, "I am the CEO, so when your season's over, don't come home trying to be the head coach. I'm the CEO. <laughs> okay, I've been taking care of Brian, the kids, the daughter. I, you know, and and but she talked about, you know, having to make these decisions." when you know marty's concentrating on football and all these other things she has to make decisions and sometimes split second decisions to make sure that she's doing the right thing for her family and so when you look at that and you multiply that with the players just there so that's why we really took we really began to start focusing on our players wives and our coaches wives uh because you know they, they they it's it's they they can make it easier for you to go to work and deal with what you have to do. And also they can make it a little bit easier mentally so you don't feel guilty right. when you can't be there. Right. And, and guilt is a big part of this game. We'll get into that at some point in, it, in time. So, okay, as we sit here at the end of March, we're in the, the height of the free agencies season. We're going to take a little U-turn here before uh, we bring on uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer uh, Donnie Shell in a bit. Um, let's talk about free agency. And, and, you know, we're, we're in the KC market area. You were with KC. I'm, I'm around this area as well. You know, the biggest story here recently has been Tyreek Hill and that big contract and going to Miami. Um, we talked about how the game, uh, treats the players and what you deal with pressure wise, um, when things don't go well, but, but when things go great, I mean, 72 million guaranteed as it's reported and, and everything going on for Tyreek and congratulations to him. Um, that brings its own, its own set of problems, doesn't it? Oh yeah. And, 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 you know, it's, it's, there's a, there's, there's 
problems, there's, there's, there's issues, and you have issues, and if, if issues aren't really dealt with and processed properly, they become problems, and problems yeah. can get out of control. And so, you know, uh, congratulations to Tariq Hill uh, and yeah. the Chiefs because that team allowed him to put, it, put him in a position to receive this wonderful contract. Now, with that um, uh, comes uh, dramatic change. And sometimes yeah. I think players get lulled to sleep. They think, okay, I've done this before. I've been on there. I've been there before. No, you haven't. A lot right. of this is off. Anytime you go somewhere for the first time, it's the first time. And there's yes. going to be, there, there's, there, there is change. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, um, you're going there. You, you left. I know he's from South beach, South Florida. Uh, he left there as a collegiate, a high school player going to college at Oklahoma state. Uh, and he's coming back home. Okay. As a professional. Uh, mm -hmm. a highly a highly respected uh professional and so um i i would hope that what he has been able to be in, uh be exposed to in Kansas City in terms of player engagement and the educational yeah. process he's had the, he's had the uh the, he's fortunate enough to have gone through the rookie symposium and some of those kind of programming things that yep. he's able to sit and 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 really really slow it down Kendall and dissect okay what does this really mean? The money's the money, yep. mm -hmm. <clears throat> but what does this mean for me in terms of uh, his health and wellness for his family? Um, um, as they say in the song, more money, more problems. There are yeah. going to be things that are going to come at him and his extended family. I think that's what people kind of miss it. It's not so much the player. People yep. know how to get around the people that are around you mm -hmm. and they begin to affect them. And then when they can't take it, they come to you. And so um, th there's 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 going to be uh, some challenges, but I know that uh, I believe that uh, I, I'm still a chief. Um, yep. I, I believe I believe in the process. And so if he now utilizes what he's learned over the last several years, um, he'll have an opportunity to do even greater things and enjoy the the the, the rewards of of, of what he, the work he's put in thus far. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, <clears throat> my 15 years in the league, I was obviously around a lot of people who got paid uh, big contracts. I saw some people who handled it very well. And I saw some other people that they thought because they got this big contract and they were maybe the best in the game at what they did, all of a sudden their IQ went up 30 points. And that's that's just not the case. I think I, I think trying to keep yourself grounded as a player when you when you deal with success on the field and compensated off the field is very, very difficult. And that's really where you come in. <clears throat> that's where Donnie Shell uh, comes in. We're going to talk with him here in a little while. And I mean, you guys were the godfather. You, you, you came up with a program. It was you, it was him. He was at the Carolina. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, do you think, and you alluded to it a little bit, um, but do you think I mean, what you did, and you, you did it for 25 years, uh, Chiefs, uh, was it 20 or so with the Chiefs? 17 with the Chiefs so, and, and seven with the Raiders. Okay, so now with, with the Chiefs to forgive begin me. with, what's that? Forgive, forgive me for the Raiders, but, you know, you got to go. With <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a show in and of itself. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but the fact is, I think it's very important to note that being with a family-run organization like the Chiefs and the Hunts, and, and how they are, you might not have been given that opportunity to, to do things the way you did had it been at a different, uh, at, at a different location. And, and I think that's important. You know, I was with the Steelers 
And we had some decent player programs going on that I'm sure was an offshoot of your stuff. And that was with Anthony Griggs, somebody you know, he played the game. And again, a family run organization with the Roonies. And uh, I just think it's something that uh, it can't go overlooked. Well, yeah, and you're right. I mean, there's in, in this, you know, it's 32 teams uh, and, and everybody can do kind of it the way that they, they want to do it. They support mm-hmm. it at various levels. Um, I've had some of my colleagues over the years, you know, um, you know, kind of be envious. Like we can't do, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't have access. But I think because of the way at Lamar Hunt was, uh, he and Norman, how they they came and, and Clark and the family, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was about, you know, how do we take care of our family and then we take care of the Kansas City community? Uh, and I think the Kansas City community was very instrumental in helping me and our player development department, um, uh, you know, create programming. I remember Bill Nelson uh, from 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 uh, Boatman's Bank and Nation's Bank, you know, oh, yeah. doing doing the president's lunch and, and taking mm-hmm. a, a number of veterans up in the big giant room, white tablecloth and really having a business lunch for the first time. Guys wore you know, suits and ties after practice. So, you know, it, 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 it's those kind of things. And I think Lamar, as we all know, understood the value of, uh, of people mm-hmm. uh, and support and, and, and doing things right. You know, Coach Ramil would always say, just do the right things right. Right. Just, if you just do the right things right. So, um, yeah, well, I was very, very blessed um, and, and, and fortunate to, to have that in Kansas City. And then when I went to Oakland, Reggie McKenzie was the general manager and asked me, to come and, and put that program together. And we really changed the culture in Oakland. That was a challenge. Yep. Um, uh, and, but we got it done. And uh, again, you know, we, we, you know, I couldn't go to Oakland and act like I was in Kansas city. I had to right. take Oakland's locker room as a new experience, yep. new players approach it differently. I was the yep. new guy. Right. And, and as right. you well know, the first thing you have to, to give you any opportunity to have success, you have to kind of dispel that you're not the police. <laughs> right? You're no, exactly right. In the and and room, as right? a player, as a player, I can say we are very wary. I mean, you're walking around and we're, okay. I mean, we're watching every move and you know that, I mean, you get it. You've been right. told it, but that, that is a very real thing. Cause you, you don't want a canary in there. Exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. And so because that, that 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 you know it's all about trust. And yeah. and, and and you know, players are uh the, the, the one thing I there's several things I can say, but one in particular I would like our listeners to really think about is you know, athletes are very instinctive. Yep. They just are. And and the longer you play in a sport, the higher you go up, you just become more instinctive, partly why you become a good player. But right. you, you're very instinctive because you know that that people are working with you because of something that you do, not necessarily who you are. And so, right. you know, with players, it's trying to make sure that they see you doing. The, I always tell you, did the little things for guys. Yep. Because I knew other mm-hmm. guys were always watching, right? And that's how mm-hmm. I kind of established the trust. And so, um, and, and to be able to say, and I had to go to our bosses and say, you know, uh, all the head coaches I've had, uh, Marty. Gunther, Herm, uh, Coach Vermeil's like, I, you have to trust me. I can't pre- tell you everything that's going on with a player. Right. Yes, if, if, exactly. If it's something that's going to harm the player or harm the organization, I'll get the player to come to you. Yeah. But when I mean, this guy's personal stuff, 
I, I, you have to trust me to put the right processes in place to get it done. So, so yeah, yep. it's 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 uh, to, to have establishing trust at, at these various places is key. And a lot of times, again, Kendall, you know, it's just doing the small things, man. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Well, you did it at the highest level. And also our guest um, that's going to come on here in a moment, Donnie Schell, uh, in the 2020 class for Pro Football Hall of Fame. He was a part of that vaunted uh, steel curtain defense that won uh, four Super Bowls. Good friend of yours. Um, he, he was in the player programs. I think you mentioned he started it at Carolina. Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys did it at such a, a high level that there was actually an award named after you all, the, the Winston Shell Award for Player Development. Um, this is a guy that uh, has a lot of depth to him, doesn't he? Uh, absolutely. And I think you know, Donnie is, is, is a gentleman's gentleman. He's class. He's been that way ever since I've known him. His career has been that way. And when we got uh, met each other, uh, uh, Donnie, you know, the Carolina Panthers was just coming online as a franchise. Mm-hmm. And, and Donnie was there. And then they asked him to put this together. And I'll let Donnie talk about kind of how, how what, what went into that. But, uh, you know, the, at the, we were fortunate enough at that time when this thing rolled out from the league. Like I said, Kendall, it's kind of like a brochure. So we just, you know, um, I know we just decided, you know, we're going to take care. We're going to do it the way we need to do it. We didn't have to necessarily ask permission at the league office. We yep. just did it. We you know, didn't go right. We asked for forgiveness. But at the end of the day, you did. I right. think Donnie did the same thing in Carolina. Uh, new ownership. They were navigating new territory. Uh, they trusted him with everything. And and so he was able to put together just a, a, just an industry, industry standard program. And we just would uh, talk to one another, bounce ideas off each other's best practices, uh, we shared information. Uh, we realized that it wasn't about us keeping it just for the Chiefs or just for the of Carolina because right. if, if if you end up in free agency getting players from other teams, you would have liked those players to have gone through some level of a successful right. player development program. And that way, you know, they come to you uh, with, with, with a lot more. Again, we talk about that educational piece. You know, their, mm-hmm. their thought process is a little more broad and understanding what it means to come into a new organization and the city. And Donnie was able to do it at a high level for a very long time. Yeah, well, um, we could keep talking about it, but we want to hear it from his words as well. So let's bring on Donnie Schell. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I could introduce you, but uh, Lamont, why don't you do it? We introduced him <laughs> once, but uh, you, you two know each other. Well, I, you know, our listeners, I just want, I mean, he, he really doesn't need an introduction, but my good He's, friend, that's right. uh, Donnie Shell, uh, just recently Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, uh, part of that, you know, as Kendall mentioned, Advantage Steeler defense. Um, uh, but, you know, Donnie has, has had success at every level. Uh, and hopefully he'll share some of his background with us. You know, Donnie come, going to South Carolina State, HBCU, and being a free agent. And and, and it just really, I mean, uh, just performing at all levels. And then hopefully we'll get in a little bit about player development because yeah. uh, uh, we've, we've, we've shared a lot of experiences together um, uh, in trying to keep our teams uh, on the field. And, and, and trying to keep our, our, our folks together uh, in their families. So so welcome, uh, Donnie. It's great to have you on. Um, Donnie, just tell our listeners a, just a little bit about your walk, uh, where you're from, and kind of, you know, that that South Carolina State to Pittsburgh Steeler experience. Yeah, I, I was born in South Carolina in Whitmire, South Carolina, and um, participating in all sports at the Whitmire High School, football, baseball, basketball, rent and track. Uh, um, Lamont, I don't know who you knew that or not. Um, no, I didn't. <laughs> hmm, okay, one more thing. <laughs> so, so he ended up getting a uh, scholarship down to Sarkar State University in, in football and baseball. Uh, uh, the full scholarship uh, ended up. My parents couldn't afford to pay for my college education, so I was glad to get an opportunity to uh, receive my uh, a degree. And I was the first one in my family to receive my college degree. Uh, and from there, you know, I want to, from the influence of my high school coach, I want to be a teacher and a coach. Had no inkling that, about playing pro ball or whatever, but he had such an influence on us that um, I wanted to give back and help um, uh, like he did us on and off the football field. Okay. Don, Donnie, when you when you look at it, I mean, you were, I think, one of seven brothers in a family of 10. Um, I mean – you had a football locker room going on already, but um, talk to the listeners a little bit. We've talked about the pressures of the game. You're an undrafted uh, free agent, and you go into Pittsburgh, which is a, a pretty interesting place to go into. Just talk about the pressures back then, because certainly the game has changed from now to, to where it is then. But uh, what things did you have to deal with that really co uh, come to mind for you? Uh, the, the six weeks of tour days because they had a player strike, Lamont, in 1974. <laughs> there were no controls, right? No, no, yeah, no. No, no control. We went uh, had to practice. We went through six weeks of tour days, and they were trying to prep us and get us ready if the veterans didn't show up. Uh, that was the toughest thing for, for me. And, um, and not knowing uh, if you're going to get a, a, a real chance or not, um, but um, – my the college coach, Coach Willie Jeffries, uh, ensured me that I would get a fair chance. I had an opportunity to go to Denver or, or the old Houston Oilers at that time, um, also with Pittsburgh. 
but he and Bill Nunn uh, was the scout for, for the Steelers. Uh, they influenced me to go, and he was going to switch me from linebacker to strong safety. So um, I went in with the confidence that I, I was going to make the team. Outstanding. So, Donnie, I mean, <clears throat> I, 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 can you – is it fair to say, you know, your, your experience coming in that door as a free agent, and we see guys do that every year, right? They come in the door as a free agent. Um, they they want to be good. They think they're going to be good. But but they do they really feel that way once they get into it? And, like, with you, you went in with a level of confidence, but you also went in with a ton of pressure every day. You going to practice every day was different from the guy that was a high draft pick going to practice every day. Was that, that correct? Uh, uh, that, that's correct. And uh, I was doing pretty good and when I got there, Lamont, and then the reporter came up to me and asked me, uh, he said, well, Mr. Shell, you, you, if you mind if I interview you after lunch? I said, no, as long as you let me get some uh, replenish, replenish my body fluids, I, I can, I, I'll do it. And he, he came in and he said that um, – he said, you know what, uh, you know, you're an undrafted free agent? I said, yes, sir. He said, you know what that means? He said, that means you're a long shot to make this team. Uh, I looked at him. I looked in. I said, well, yeah, that, that, may, that may be true. That is a fact. But I looked in straight in the and I said, hey, I said, I'm from South Carolina State University. You, must have, you, know, you never heard of Bulldog tenacity before. Right. <laughs> well, I would but tell you, you this. Go ahead. But you know, as I look back, he was right because you, you're not going to get many reps. You got to be very precise when you go out there and do and do your thing when you're when you're out there. But I want to share this with the young people. Sometimes you got to go against the grain of what's the fact and what's true to achieve your goal. I wasn't going to let him deter me by being an undrafted free agent from making that team. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's so very interesting, and and I think players. You know, not this is not a one up with you on stories, Donnie, in terms of lack of respect. But think about this. Number one, I was a I was a eleventh round pick with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and of course, you you remember the name um, Myron Cope, and, and yes. it was kind of he was a fixture. I don't know if you know, but uh, back then they let Myron take the eleventh and twelfth round picks himself instead of the, the coaches. So I was literally picked by Myron Cope. The coaching staff didn't even pick me, and I was told that story there. And that just filled me all full of confidence. I'm just like, okay, what is going on here? I mean, do they yeah. even want me here? And <laughs> I, I think that's you guys as player coordinators and what you did um, to be able to give players a sounding board uh, that's um, in confidence and not going to be shared with the wrong people. That's a really important thing, not only for players on the field, but really for people in life. Uh, it, it really is. It really is, Kendall. And, and what I tried to do in building the program at, at, at the Carolina Panthers when I arrived in 1994, I tried to sow back into the players, their families, the, the husband and the wives, uh, from a, uh, a former player perspective, from a father perspective, from someone who was married and had children. I tried to sow all those things and all those things I learned through all those different uh, phases of my life back in the players and their families. And we came up with some very creative programs uh, to do that. Uh, Donnie, just, you know, and, and, and with that, can we just slow it down back up a minute? Okay, so you, you Carolina Panthers coming online um, um, and, and they, you, they have you there and then you're, you're, you're gonna, you know, start player development. Like, how did you explain that to ownership, right? 
and, and how did you get buy-in? And then how did you what were some of the conversations of convincing the head coach that this is going to be the part of our fabric? This is what this is truly needed. Well, uh, well, Lamont, I was in Columbus, South Carolina, uh, you know, working in real estate, and um, I had a good friend, Bill Bradshaw, uh, who, who was a good friend of Mark Richardson's. And Mark Richardson was going to come and speak at the touchdown club, one of the clubs uh, in Columbia. So I told and, – and Bill knew, because we was in partnership together in real estate, Bill knew that I had an interest in getting back in the league, and he knew that Mark and his, uh, Mrs. Jerry Richardson was about to start this team. So he he, um, he invited me to come hear Mark. So I went down and, and, and heard Mark Richardson speak at the uh, one of the clubs uh, in Columbia, South Carolina, and I stayed for the whole speech. And he asked me afterwards, he said, why did you stay for the whole speech? I said, well, obviously I'm interested in what you're doing and trying to get a team in the Carolinas. And he said, would you, would you be uh, willing to come up and do some uh, work on the weekend for us? I said, sure. So that's how that relationship came okay. about uh, regarding uh, regarding that. And uh, and meeting Mark Richardson, I used to come up, go from Columbia to Charlotte on the weekends, work in the community, talking about NFL, talking about uh, uh, the community. So I started out really as director of community relations because we didn't have any players. And then I became the director of community and player relations for a short period of time, about a year and a half until we uh, got another uh, development uh, community relations director. So that, that's kind of how I got started in that. Donnie, at Carolina, was it Dom Capers that was the first coach? Yes, yes, he was. Yeah, he was a D coordinator with the Steelers and then left during my time. Um, I mean, can you can you talk about the buy-in you got or or how, how important that is from the head coach's side of things? Because I always knew Dom as, as a person who was willing to sit and talk with anybody from my standpoint. Yeah, yeah, he was. He's very personable and he was easy to talk to, and he wanted what was best uh, for for the players. And uh, we had conversations, side conversations, conversations on the field, and I, I didn't have a really hard time. And I think it has to do with that player development uh, relations director or player engagement director now that you have to build relationships with every phase of that organization, starting with mm-hmm. the coach and going on down. And, and when we began to talk, and he saw my sincerity and how I wanted to help the players, he said, well, Donnie, whatever you want to do, he said, let's talk about it. And we wanted to encourage these players. And uh, I told one, I told him, I said, well, I said, well, it's, it's so far as if the player is successful uh, off the field, that they're going to be successful on the field. If they have marriage problems, they have different issues off the field, then you're going to get about 60% of that, that, that effort. Yeah. And you won't uh their full attention so donnie if you so you got a new team like really i'm thinking like new new players right everybody's coming uh to 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 carolina so what were what what were two of your challenges one and one of the challenges being in the area of um you know establishing relationships with those guys right so you Mm -hmm. can get you know buy-in early with 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 the programming and then uh, the, the second challenge in the challenging area, just transition. Yeah, yeah. guys, coming from different spots. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. Tell me, tell, tell our listeners kind of you know how you waded through that to kind of keep it together, and then guys being able to say, okay, Donnie, we're going to kind of follow you and 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 you know kind of buy into the system. 
Yeah, I, I volunteered to work in the weight room with the strength and conditioning coach early in the morning, about seven o'clock. Uh, and that's why I built built rapport with the with the players. They got to see me uh, going through the weight room and, and talking and, and, and doing my thing. And also, you, you get a chance to share on the downtime. You get a chance to share with them about player development. Um, but they saw me that I was willing to commit that time uh, just on a voluntary basis and sacrifice that time just to be with them and be around them. And, and I found out, Lamont, also, if you're around them a lot and they get very comfortable with you, then they begin to come up and share with you about some of the personal things. They say, hey, hey Donnie, come in for a minute. I, I like to share something with you and talk with you. Uh, but uh, that's the kind of way I, I started that. And, and, um, and it's a daily process. You know, you got to – rapport is hard, hard to build but easily lost. Yeah. You know, it takes time to build that before. <clears throat> if you got a player been there about four or five years and all of a sudden you have something to go awry with you and, and with the administration and they think you're not, uh, they think you're not being confidential about the information or anything get, gets out. It's, it's, it's so easy to lose. but it's hard to, hard to build, but easy to lose. So you got to be aware. You know, I, I remember talking to Marty one time and he, we were going, you know, we're kind of putting this thing together, player development and player development. And then, you know, he was like, you know, he, you know, he kind of wanted me to, you know, Lamont, you got to tell me this, you got to tell me that. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, you know, Marty would sit back, you know, and look at you, man. And, and I'm like, and I, and I said, coach, I said, and, and my boss, Lynn Styles was in there as well. And I said, I said, coach, I, 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 all due respect, I understand. I said, but just know this coach, my only, opportunity uh, my only opportunity that i have with these guys is building trust and yeah. if i lose trust with these guys i, I I'm, I'm like salt that's that's lost his taste you might yeah. as well you might as well throw me out and and he sat back and he said now marty being a former player he said okay he said i, I understand and he said this he said let's just agree on this mm-hmm. remember this lamont when players get in and he said well players or people get in a pinch they will sell you out. So he said, just make sure that if it's something that's going to harm the player mm-hmm. or harm the organization, you got to figure out how to get them to me. And I said, that's fair enough, coach. Yes. I'll get the, I'll bring the player to you because he understood that, you know, if, 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 and I've had coaches who, you know, um, knew a player was going through something and then, you know, I'm working with the player. And then the coach is, Hey, you know, I understand so and so. I'm like, coach, don't you don't need to go stroke the player because he's just gonna think that I said something to you about it. Yeah. And and when I didn't, so I know that, that trust piece uh is is just invaluable. And I know, Donnie, how many years were you with Carolina in player development again? Uh 15. 15 wow. years of trust. Kendall, listeners, that's uh yeah. I have 24 years of trust. That is the absolute only way you're able to really function in player development at the club level. Yeah. Go ahead, Kendall. You know, I was just going to say, Donnie, I mean, I know you might not, uh, not might not, I know you can't name names, but uh, is there a situation during your time in Carolina uh, that that stands out that you can talk about, not naming names, but but something where you dealt with some people on, on things that just the ordinary everyday fan would have no idea was going on? 
Oh yeah, you, 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 you deal with family issues all the time, <laughs> and I had a unique relationship there. And also, uh, the uh, the team chaplain and I were were partners. Nice. Yeah, so I would always take him uh, Lamont to the rookie symposium mm-hmm. so he can meet the players and things of that nature. So we have a we have a family counselor that he was a counselor also. So we we were uh, we would co- we would coordinate together and and uh, and talk about the, the different ways that we can assist the families, uh, and from that standpoint. Well, you know, Kendall, you you, you talk about you know uh, just kind of being cutting edge in our thought processes. And as Danny mm-hmm. talked about the chaplain uh, and then being the, 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 uh, a clinician, you know, at bringing it to a club and then normalizing that person in that position. I know the yeah. Chiefs, we, we we had a counselor, but you have you had to normalize the counselor. Because if not, the players, if, if you don't normalize the counselor, the players, there's no, absolutely no way. And so it's, right. it's being around them. It's, it's, it's yes. purposefully putting them in situations where they're eating with the players or you yep. you know, you're coordinating stuff. Yep. And so we were, I know Carolina and the chiefs were, were really uh, into our wellness program before it became yes. a wellness platform, right? We understood that this was needed and um, we, we were fortunate enough to have the support of our, of, of, of the ownership and the head yep. coaches, but more than that, the players, I think Donnie, this is a fair statement. The players allowed us, to come into their lives. Yes. Right? Yes. And, and, you allowed me to come into your life. Yes. And I, I, I think um, one of the qualities of the player engagement of player development director, you got to be authentic. Correct. Yeah. If you're not authentic, it, it, the players will see right through you. Uh, I mean, you can't walk in that locker room and not be authentic and, and be real. You can't be putting on airs and want to do this and, and thank you. No, they'll see right through that. So the, the authenticity, I think, uh, garners uh, a relationship and confidence in you and who you are. Yeah, I think what I hear both of you saying is being sincere, but being intentional with your actions as well, right, Lamont? Yeah, Kendo. I mean, we and, and you know, I, I know that they, like I said, I, I, for our listeners, those coaches that are out there, those 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 people that are yeah. in student athlete development that are out there, is like, please understand. You know, these relationships, Donnie talked about, you know, really being authentic. But being authentic means that you're going to have to have some crucial conversations now. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and crucial conversations hurt. They're not always comfortable and, yes. and, and they're painful. And, and I think that, you know, when, 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 you, when you're able to do that with authenticity, I think, you know, people in general, but players particularly see that, you know, that, that you're willing to tell them no. You're not trying to appease no. them. Right. Yep. Because uh, I've often said, I know Donnie operates this way. Um, uh, you know, w- when when people have problems and are challenged, most people run away from those people. We run to them. Right. Yep. And, and the only way we can do it is by being authentic, but being able to, you know, have some have some tough conversations, man. And, and, and kid, you know, you're not going to win popularity contests with the no. players all the time. Right. No. But it's needed. Yeah, and, you, and usually I, I try to share something that I've gone through personally uh, to identify with uh, with that person that they're, and that that's where it, it, it becomes real, uh, Lamont. When they can see that you've gone through that, and and, and, and um, I remember I was talking to a player one time, and uh, he's having some issues communicating with with his wife, and I, I told him, I said, I said, I said, come here, Sonny. 
said, hey, he, he said, yeah. He said, he said, yeah, Coach Chad, what, what you need? I said, look, all you have to do is say, when you go home tonight, say, yes, dear. And that's all I want you to say. And you come back and let me know what's going on. He, he said, Coach Chad, I mean, that's that's not complicated. That's, don't worry about it. Let's, 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 let's do it. And you come back and tell me what, how it went. He came back. Hey, Coach. It worked. <laughs> Again, you know, I mean, think about that. It's the simplicity, Kindle, of some of those things that I think, you know, and as a player, you know, sometimes people don't have that background. They don't have a male figure, people just to tell them the simple stuff exactly. that they have. That's just, like you mentioned earlier, Kendall, like just be human, right? Right. And, and 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 that that was a so all you young listeners out there in in in, in the student athlete development space, you just got a gold nugget from Donnie yes. Shell, right? <laughs> keep it simple and keep it real. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think another thing, another thing helped Lamine and I. We went to the combine and and we were doing the interview. We was in the interview yeah. process with the with the with the players coming into the league. I think that really helped me. And one of the things I noticed, uh, Kendall, when we was talking about this and about that and. They said, I said, well, where, where, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Kentucky. Then I said, well, I said, yeah. He said, oh, man, my, my mom did this. My mom helped me. That my, I said, well, how about your dad? Silence. Yeah. No no response. It, it, well, he's, he's kind of in my life, Donnie. So a lot of these guys come up with no father figures uh, in their lives. That's what I learned from that. And, and to be more sensitive to that and uh, trying to – uh, help them, you know, uh, wherever they go. They might be going to, to Lamont or they might be coming to me. Uh, but to to have that uh, foreknowledge of them not having a father figure, that, that's very important. Yeah, the, the oftentimes uh, I when people talk about the game, I say, listen, the NFL is a violent game and violent people don't grow up in Beverly Hills. They grow up sometimes in violent places and under conditions that aren't great. And that's the case for me. At times I have food insecurity um, you know, I, I had some abuse in my past. I had some suicidal thoughts in my past and I'm not unique. And, and, and I know you guys know that more so than I do. And, and so giving these players a, a chance, cause it, it's, it's, it's about football. Is this a fair statement? It's about football, but it's not about football. It, it's really about making the individual a better person, maybe through football and how he deals with things. But I mean, cause eventually uh, the shield goes on, but the career uh, is is done. Father time is lost to no one. Right. Yeah. You know. You know. I. I, I you're right, Kendall. I, I, and and Diane and I both share this. I know the player development, player engagement directors that are out in these teams now. I know it's it's evolved, and I think that, I know they believe in this. Is you know um, the reality is um, uh, everybody has a termination date that enters the National Football League. Okay. Yep. And, and, and so it's, it's how can we help you understand none of them have been in a multi-billion dollar business before. So how can we help you right. understand that when you don't have father figures, those kind of people in your life, you know, your, 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 your engine is not working at full, at full speed. Like you can't, right. you don't understand it. But I think that, you know, what Donnie said, we would go to, we, we read about when scouts would come back with reports, we read the personal, yeah. we read the interviews, what people said. We wanted to know it, what we were getting. We had no mm -hmm. control who they drafted. We just knew right. we had to have a plan 
for them when they came in to our organization. Yeah. And a lot of that was, you know, rebuilding uh, a community of support for them. And that included their coaches, that included the strength guys, that included the nutrition guys, that included, but we knew we needed that because, you know, for, for any man, and you know this, Kendall, Donnie, you played in this league a long time as well. There ain't too many that can come in this game and do it by themselves now. No. Right. Like this, 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 is, this is a tough deal now. This yes. is a different mm -hmm. sport. And so uh, the, the, the pressures of, you know, just being in it and then the physical pressure as well, okay, um, is it, not built for people that to do the thing by themselves. You know, Donnie, um, I, I'm curious, uh, and we'll, we'll put all this stuff maybe up on the screen later on, but, uh, you know, I speak, uh, I'm, I'm very active on social media, and my one main ta hashtag is just simply uh, make a difference. And that's what you guys did, both of you did uh, in your career, we're trying to do. Donnie, can you talk a little bit about what you're doing these days? Yeah, um, I, run, I run the Donnie Shell Scholarship Foundation. My wife and I, uh, six years ago, started the uh, the foundation. I'm on the board of trustees at my school at South Carolina State University. And uh, one of the first thing I noticed when I got there that we had very bright, intelligent young people coming in, but their mm -hmm. parents couldn't afford to pay for their college tuition. So I said, and and the, and the very thing I never wanted to do, for, uh, Lamont, was start a foundation because I know how much hard work it is. <laughs> yeah. <But> when, I, <laughs> when I saw the need down there, we started to say they need help. If we they can get some help and, and we can help uh, their parents uh, with, with them, they can finish their degree and they can uh, be uh, very successful in life. So uh, we started the Dunning Shell Scholarship Foundation where we give GAP scholarships. We fill in the financial gap. Uh, they, they may need a computer. They may need a textbook or two. They may need to, when they go on internship, they, uh, they need, uh, need travel funds, expenses to travel there. Some companies won't pay for that. Uh, so we'll, we'll come in and fill in the financial gap, uh, Kendall. And also, we have a special needs fund uh, that, that under there. That uh, when I was in college, I always ran out of deodorant and soap and all that stuff. So we got a special needs fund uh, under there that, that we can provide all the, the those particular uh, things uh, for them. That's just a great thing. I, I know a lot of people will talk about different folks in different places they come from, and they 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 say under un, underprivileged. I think it's more like underestimated. I mean, it's just the fact that that. There's so many people, they just need a chance and they need a little help. And where they're at is not the stepping stone that, that's perfect to help them get there. And that I think it's up to us as human beings to help out. And that's what I hear you doing, which you should be commended for. I mean, as much as you guys have done on the football field, it's more important, I think, what you've done off the football field. Go ahead, Don. Uh, I, I, yes, um, I, I really think that's that's, that's true. But it, I, I'm only doing what has been done to me. Because yeah. I, I, all my career, I, I had coaches, mm -hmm. teachers, people to encourage me. And I coached Lefty Johnson. You can go to college. You can do whatever. No, nobody in my family finished college. I said, Coach, what are you talking about? He said, no, man, you keep playing. You get scholarship. Yeah, you, you can do this. You can do that. He kept uh, – taking me home at night, telling me that, Kendall, and I, I start believing him. 
So eventually he started sowing seeds of encouragement in me. So that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a teacher and a coach. Had no income. I was going to ever play in in the National Football League. Come back and and coach and teach in high school and do what Coach Johnson did for me in my my life and other other guys. Yeah, that's that's so very awesome. It's it's just paying paying it forward. Donnie, I I know you got a schedule to keep. Uh, Sincerely appreciate you taking time today to to talk to everyone. There's so much things, so many things we can learn. And Lamont, as always, appreciate you with this. Uh, Folks, you've been watching the first edition of Beyond the Game. Well, yes, absolutely. I'll take that extra point. I get my website. I get it at DonnieShell.com. I'm sorry. If people want to help, they can go to DonnieShell.com. And uh, look up my foundation and all the information and things that we're doing. Our golf tournament, if you want to participate in that, just click on the golf icon and click on the foundation. You 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 um, get a great deal of information. Might be some highlight films on that too. <laughs> I like it. Donnie, thanks so much. We appreciate you. You, you got Thank it, you, Donnie. So Have much. a great day. Yeah, man. Bye, my friend. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.